Good evening. Um, this is uh, really a team effort here for this faith talk. We're going to actually, I'm going to be reading you Christy's story. Um, so it's about her faith journey, but I get the talking part. So um, you're just going to have to, you know, look at her and realize that this is her story. Um, her story actually begins in a small town in Iowa, uh, surrounded by an extended family of grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, and two younger brothers. She was an average teenager, a little rebellious and very active. She was a cheerleader for the high school wrestling team, loved music, playing her guitar, singing, and being with her friends how quickly and unexpectedly things can change. At the age of 16, Christy developed a case of infectious mononucleosis. She endured a fever of 104 for three days before being admitted to the hospital. 12 hours later, she went into cardiac arrest and suffered a stroke. During this event, her heart stopped beating for over four minutes and when she was resuscitated, she told the doctor, it just wasn't her time yet. Even though she felt like she had gone through an out-of-body experience, it was also the first realization she had that she could no longer see. Subsequently, she was rushed to, by ambulance to St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester, and while in transit, suffered two more cardiac arrests. During each episode, she lost the ability to breathe and arrived at the hospital in a coma. After admittance, her mother recalls a visit from a doctor who told her it would really be best if everybody just went home and they would call them when it was all over. But her mother stayed and so did she. After more than three weeks, she began to awaken but felt intense pain in her arms and throat and will always remember hearing what she believed sounded like elevator music. She soon discovered the pain from, was from her arms being restrained and she had a tube down her throat. However, the elevator music was real. The nurses had been playing music 24 seven in her room and the day she began to awaken, that was the music of preference, which was fitting except she said, this elevator felt like it was going down. As I became, or as she became more aware, she realized that she was paralyzed, could not speak, and her vision was reduced to shadows and the strange color of orange. The stroke, cardiac arrests, and oxygen deprivation had left her with a traumatic brain injury, and she ended up spending the entire summer in rehabilitation, relearning basic functions. The doctors also predict, predicted that she would not live to be 40, and suggested that it would be in everyone's best interest if she was institutionalized. Her mother refused to accept this as an option and ended up bringing her home. With continuing therapy, she managed to return to school the following year on a part-time basis, but it was difficult and any activity caused her to come home exhausted. Her mother tried to provide her with the necessary services, and her therapist was fantastic, yet a deep-seated anger began to surface. This was manifested in such self-destructive behavior as alcohol abuse and rebellion. 
She was trying to become the person she was before she got sick and just wanted her life back. In spite of herself, she says she was able to graduate from high school, but then spent a year and a half at the Commission for the Blind. At this place, she was subjected to new fears, like being forced to wear eye shades, which prevented her from using any vision she had, and it was intended to help you get used to living in darkness. So, her bitterness grew, grew greater, and her downward spiral continued. She returned home, and after an unsuccessful attempt to end her life, she was admitted to a hospital to receive much-needed help. She underwent extensive testing and therapy, resulting in an official diagnosis of depression. Slowly, she says, she began to understand the reasons for her behavior, and after her hospitalization, went to live with a foster family to assist in her transition. During this time, much of the therapy she received was founded upon the concept of a higher power. While she could accept this idea, retaining the belief in the loving God that she had been taught about as a young girl didn't really mesh with her new reality. So she began to take classes at Iowa State University in Ames, worked at the veterinary clinic, but life remained a constant struggle. Around this time, she made a trip to Minneapolis to visit some relatives, and while there, her aunt and uncle extended an invitation. They wanted her to move to Hibbing and live with them. Her aunt's only rule, on which there was no negotiation, was that she go to church every Sunday. She didn't have to want to be there, enjoy being there, or believe in anything she heard there, but she had to be there with them physically. So her move to Hibbing was not without distress, however. She tried attending the local community college, but struggled as the effects of the brain injury continued to be a seemingly insurmountable roadblock. Her aunt's spirit and strength persevered, and even though through all these difficulties, she somehow managed to convince her to participate in a Bible study. One day as she read to Christy from the book of Mark, chapter 8, the parable of the four soils, a spiritual connection was made. She understood that she needed to seek forgiveness for her sins, and with the Lord's grace, her life could change. It wasn't long after she accepted this that she was able to eliminate some of the seizure medications that she had taken since the onset of her illness. She knew then personally she needed to learn more about God. So she embarked on a new path which began with attending Oak Hills Bible College. This new journey included a 30-day mission trip to Poland, which was a huge undertaking for her. This newly found understanding and acceptance of God's grace helped her not only overcome her hurdles, but also provided strength when her youngest brother took his own life. Eventually, she transferred to Crown College, and while visiting a friend in Minneapolis, heard about an event, a walkathon for people with disabilities. She showed up alone and out of nowhere immediately met two, a couple, John and Solvig Meisner, who asked if they could walk with her. While they walked, they talked, and by the time the event was over, they offered to help her with her next steps and invited her to live with them after graduation. 
So in, 19, in December 1994, she graduated with a major in psychology, minor in biblical studies, and was welcomed into the Meisner home and with family, with open arms and open hearts. Every day, Solvig and Christie searched the newspaper for jobs, which Solvig wrote down for her. They provided her with transportation, connected her with the Courage Center, which to this day supports her through their independent living skills program. They brought Christy to the Phillips Eye Clinic, where the focus was not on the vision she had lost, but on maximizing what she retained. March 1995 was a milestone. She was hired at a preschool where she was able to fulfill a lifelong passion of working with children. Since many of the children at this school had special needs, she had a personal connection through her own struggles that formed a unique bond with both the children and their parents. Unfortunately, after 16 years of employment, she was faced with a new obstacle when a change in administration looked upon her disability as a liability rather than an asset or a role model. So for the next two years, they tried to convince her to quit. They changed their job responsibilities, implemented physical requirements that were obviously beyond her ability as well as safety. She often told me at home that they can fire me, but I won't quit because I've done nothing wrong. And she always went to work knowing if she walked out the door that day, she would hold her head up high. Even though this was <clears throat> excuse me, a significant physical and mental struggle, she never quit. Then life threw her another curve. While home on a Saturday afternoon in November 2013, she was feeling tired and decided to lay down for a short nap. I was actually in the other room at the time, um, packing my bag to head to Austin, Texas for work. And she suffered a stroke and an hour later was in an ambulance going to the hospital. This stroke resulted in a stay in intensive care, a week in the hospital, and then six months of inpatient rehab and therapy at a transitional care facility. It's taken time to adjust to this new reality, which has altered her life yet again. She tries to be as self-sufficient as possible, but certain tasks require assistance throughout the day. And as she'll tell you, while she tries to be self-sufficient, she has to rely on others for personal support, but she leans on God for her emotional and her spiritual support. He gives her the strength to focus her energy on what's important. The next thing, this is actually a quote from Christy, and she says, my life is still full of surprises, but they all bear God's fingerprints. My marriage, my hobbies, my friendships, and faith are all blessings. A close friend, Pastor Dave Beatty, has said to me, grace is receiving something totally unexpected from God. All is gift and all is grace. My life is a gift. It just changed from being graceful to being grace-filled. One of the things um, that I do as a part of my work is I audit quality systems. And one of the sort of unwritten rules as an auditor that I always take into account is, in God we trust, all others bring evidence. If I was doing a faith audit, I can guarantee you Christy provides that evidence every day. 
because that supports the facts. And the theme here is a call to abundance. And the message that we want to give is that abundance is not getting everything you want or everything you think you deserve or think you need, but abundance is embracing what you have and sharing that with others. Jesus made it all, all TMIO. Sienna left a crimson stain. We washed it when as snow. And that's what all Easter is all about. Thank you. <laughs>